The Tree Pixie, an original story written by Simon Brooks. Copyright, May 2021. Mo and I were on a hike, and we were caught out by a torrential late spring, early summer rain. I mean, it was pouring down. Now, in some parts of the woods, there are these old fallen down camps and hunting cabins, long ago abandoned. Some are dangerous to enter, others look like they're barely standing, but do offer a little shelter if needed. Now, we were close to one nearby, and so we ran to it and sat on the porch. Part of the porch had fallen in on itself, but most of it was standing. I had passed this place before, set back in the trees, a number of times, but had never visited the place. As we sat in the shelter of the porch, the rain got harder and the wind became cold and blew the rain in on the porch. I looked through the broken window and saw what must have once been a living room. There was a small table and a single chair tipped over. That was all that was left. Part of the roof in that room had also collapsed. Two of the walls had windows, and on one wall there was a fireplace between the two windows. The front door was barely attached to the doorframe on the porch, so it was with great care that I opened it enough to enter. I picked up a piece of fallen roof timber and squeezed through the door, keeping Mo back behind me. I used the piece of wood to slam into the floor hard. I tested my weight on the wood, and the floor held. Only then did I step inside and allow Mo to follow. Broken glass from the windows lay on the boards, so I scraped that up against the wall or kicked it down into the hole in the floor so it was safe for Mo to walk about. I didn't want her to cut a pause. I then carefully tested the rest of the flooring for strength. It seemed strong enough, and the only hole was caused, it seemed, by the roof falling down in one corner. I peered down to the cellar beneath, and the drop was about ten feet. I did not want to go through the floorboards and tumble down there for sure. I picked up the chair and moved it to the other side of the small room, away from where the rain was coming in. I sat it next to a window and gazed out. Mo trotted over and put her paws up on the window ledge to look outside at the rain with me. There was a towering tree, not ten feet away from the ruins of the cottage, branches lifting high and wide into the sky. In the trunk, at about chest level, was a huge gaping hole. It looked like the tree had a mouth wide open, singing opera. Mo sniffed the rain, turned and looked at me as if to say, why didn't you look at the weather report before taking me out? I told her that she was the one who wanted to go for a hike, not me. It was then that both of us heard something. We turned our gaze back outside and saw a face peering out of the hole in the tree. It had bright brown eyes, olive skin and pointed ears. It was glancing about, but had not seen us. And when it did, its eyes widened and mouth dropped. The pixie, for that's what it was that was in the tree hole, leapt up onto the lip of the hole and pointed a rather sharp-looking finger at us. This is my house, it cried. Well, what are you doing here? At first I was too dumbfounded to speak and wondered if this was the reason the people who had built this cottage had left. Uh, we got caught in the rain and we weren't prepared. Well, I wasn't. Will you melt in the rain? The pixie gave me a strange look. No. Well, come in then, it said, and take shelter from the storm, which I thought was odd, as we were already in. Unless the creature wanted us to join it in the tree, but I wasn't going to fit in that hole. It wasn't that big. 
It appeared to be the cottage the pixie was referring to as it sprang over from the hole, in through the window, over Moe's head and onto the floor. Are you going to fix the place up? The pixie asked. Uh, no, we'll be gone when the wane stops. I, I don't often get guests, the sprite said. Most people don't even take notice of the house. The pixie went out onto the porch and brought some wood in. It danced out into the rain again and brought in some other wood and put it in the fireplace. Mo dropped her paws from the window ledge and watched the creature. It clicked its fingers and the flames began. Warm yourselves, it said. Mo was standing to attention, straight back, ears pricked, eyes bright and tail upright and wagging. Oh, come on then, the pixie said to Mo. Mo trotted over. The little creature was almost as tall as Mo, and it scratched her behind her ears. Lie down, warm yourself up. Mo curled up next to the fire. And you, it was talking to me. I stood before the flames and watched the smoke go up the chimney and my jeans start to steam. Are you hungry? asked the little man. Before I could answer, it dove out of the window and was back before you could say, Bob's your uncle and banish your aunt. In its hand was what looked like a square piece of cake. Actually, four pieces of what looked like cake. Here you go. Of course, the creature offered the cake to Mo first. I don't like giving her people food, I said. It's not good for them. Mo, oh, this is little people food made of spices and herbs, fruit and nuts and the like. Before I could say anything else, Mo had gobbled it down. Now, in the land of the fairy folk, the wee people, the fae, the kind folk, you shouldn't eat or drink anything they give you. Because before you know it, a hundred or two hundred years have passed, and everyone you know is dead. No one knows who you are, but you're just as young as you were when you first ate the fairy food. The wind had begun to die down, and the rain was lessening. I reached into my bag and pulled out some chocolate and mints I had. I figured it might take offence if I offered it dog food or dog treats. The pixie looked at the food I offered it and sniffed it. The mints are pretty strong. Which are the mints? I held out some English mints I had, extra strong mints. It snatched the whole packet out of my hand and popped two of the large mints into its mouth. They're not too strong. Well, they kind of sneak up on you. I watched as the eyes of the little man got larger and larger. It was trying to look as if it was enjoying the mints, but they are really quite strong and its poor large eyes were beginning to water. Um, this might help. I handed the little beastie a piece of chocolate, once it had swallowed the mince. It gobbled that down too and smiled. What is that? Mo snorted, stood up and turned around a few times to dry off her other side and blinked at the wee fellow. It seemed that the snort meant something as the pixie spoke to my dog. Well, I've never seen it before, not heard of it before. How was I supposed to know? It's chocolate. I said, well, I know that now, replied the pixie, nodding to Mo. It grabbed the whole bar from me and, after ripping the wrapping off, ate the whole thing. Now, this is good chocolate. Proper chocolate. Chocolate I didn't give to my kids until they were old enough to not bounce off the walls after eating a small, single piece. The pixie exclaimed how good it was, this chocolate bar, and how much it liked it. It, it did a little skip and nodded. If you're ever passing by, then I would be happy to see you again and bring some more of this ch 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 chocolate. Yes, this chocolate stuff. The pixie spoke at a hundred miles an hour, rat-a-tat-tat. -tat. It started to move around the room and dance about, all the while talking. 
It leapt and jumped about. This tiny creature, only the height of a three-year-old, had eaten a whole bar of chocolate, good chocolate, and two mints. It was having a sugar fit. It chattered on and on and on and began walking up the walls. It danced up onto the ceiling, laughing and chattering away. I caught some of the words and it seemed like it was complaining about the people who used to live there and how they never gave the pixie anything. I nodded and smiled as the pixie went on and on and on and on and on. Sun came in through the window, bright and cheerful. I saw the rain had stopped and light and warmth came through the hole in the roof and the windows. The pixie fell through the hole in the floor and bounced right back out again. Mo whined and looked between me and the wee fellow. I closed my bag up and lifted it onto my shoulders. Standing, I tapped my leg with my hand and Mo came over to me. We snuck out through the door and the wee gent was still talking. At some point, it noticed we had left and I heard it call out, So come back and bring some of that chocolatey yummy stuff with you and we can talk again. The Tree Pixie, an original story written by Simon Brooks. Copyright, May 2021.